0: Good morning. And thank you for joining this morning. For being aware of awareness practice. Here three bells. One in just a moment. One midway through. And the final bell uh, sixty minutes from now.
1: So we're just noticing the attention has been outward focused. Let me just
0: kind of check in. Awareness was right there, looking, taking it all in, being with everything, all the objects sounds, the smells, the light, the lack of light, the restfulness, the lack of the feeling of restfulness, whatever the internal dynamics of the body, whatever the external dynamics seemingly, awareness right there, a knowing of everything as it arose as it dissolved to the next and the next and the next. In this practice and for this next bit, just gently take that attention do a U-turn, this inward focus, noticing, what's noticing, noticing that something notices all of it. So as, as, a, as part of our inner work for our Tuesday morning class, um, Heart Explorations, we've been contemplating Dissolving the Ego by Helen Hamilton. And we are presently contemplating Chapter 17, which is Knowing the Knower. read you a little bit from that. Before you even think about something, you must know that you exist to be able to have any thoughts. The knowing is the key to finding out who you are and to dissolving the separate sense of self. Maybe we just take a second and just feel into this knowing. This knowing that we exist, this knowing that thoughts arise within this existence to whatever this is that's existing. This alive sentient awareness. Because Helen writes that this knowing this awareness of being self-aware automatically, nothing we do, just something we notice. This knowing is the key to finding out who you are and to dissolving the separate sense of self. If you look back at your life, you will see that whatever happened to you, there was something that just knew what was happening. looking at all of our thoughts and emotions, sensory experiences and life in general, we can see that this knowing has been there all the time. Something in us knows when we wake up in the morning and it knows when it is time for sleep in the evening. It knows, but it does not comment on anything. It knows and silently registers everything. Helen goes on to write, we can only know something if it is separate to us or outside of us. We can only see something if it is not us. It's like the mirror never sees the mirror. The mirror never reflects the mirror reflects all the objects that come before the mirror. A knife can never cut itself, it cuts the object. Just as your eyes can see everything but they cannot see themselves. So too you are the knowing of everything. You are that which knows. You know when thoughts come, and you know this sense of existence. Consider for a moment that you can know your body is here, but your body cannot know you are here. It's a one-way process. body's not self-aware, you are. We confirm that for ourselves in our own looking. We don't you know, collect up more knowledge or you know or kind of amass the teachings. We, we just look where they're pointing and see if we can confirm that in our own direct experience. Our thoughts, emotions, perceptions, opinions, and world are all things we know, but they cannot know us because they are not sentient. Thoughts cannot think themselves. Thoughts cannot know themselves. Thoughts are not self-aware. Thoughts need this knowing to be seen. And you are that knowing. Emotions cannot feel themselves because they are not self-aware. Contemplate these words deeply, she writes you not know even this sense of existence. This existence is known to you, but you are not, not that which exists in time and space. You know the sense that I exist and I am. And therefore, this is not you. You even know time and space. And even these are external to you. Ponder deeply the gravity of what you just read. If you know time and space, you must be outside of time and space. And in essence, kind of looking back or looking at it. It must be larger than that to be able to see that. We look in the dictionary for a definition of to know. We find that it means to, quote, be aware through observation, or, quote, to have developed a relationship with. Both of these definitions point to the fact that in us... Both of these definitions point to the fact that in us all, is something that knows everything else, but is in fact before and beyond everything. This knowing knows even the universe itself. You are this knower. And this practice is simply to keep attention on the knowing. What usually happens is that our attention is always on what we know, not the knowing itself. Here, We are shifting the focus back to the fact that there is always this ever-present knowing here. Keeping attention on the knowing will dissolve the separate ego or the sense that all you are is the mind and body. This is the end of all suffering. So take some time each day, she writes, to sit alone and without external distractions, as much time as you're able to. Put attention on that which knows within you. There is a sense of some presence within you that just knows and is not thinking. Thinking happens after the knowingness is there. You are that which knows the mind is thinking. Put your attention here and each time it wanders to thoughts, bring it back to the knowing itself. As you continue to practice, you may find that feelings of peace, bliss, intense energy, and more begin to come. And you must keep your focus on the knower of even these feelings. There is no need to push bliss away, but simply to notice the knower instead. You will not lose the bliss, the peace, the intense stillness by taking attention off of it. In fact, the opposite is true. When you keep your focus on your, capital S self, the knower then peace and love and bliss will be yours always. As you begin the practice, it will feel as though you are the one knowing. There will be a feeling of I know. This is normal and this is where everyone must start from. This sense of being someone that knows whatever thoughts, feelings, sensations, and events that are happening in your world will stay with you for a while as you continue your practice. If you are consistent in your practice and want nothing other than to fully awaken and dissolve your egoic sense of self, you will soon begin to notice that the sense of knowing seems to have no source when we look for the knower, cannot find it. It is not locatable somewhere as a thing. Soon it will become very obvious that there is knowing, but no entity that knows. The source of this knowing cannot be found. If you look for it somewhere, not find it. Instead, it will be seen that you are this knowing, not a person that knows. Maybe we just take a chance right now and do a little self-inquiry where we just turn that attention around. It's already looking inward. There's a sense of a person here, a sense of a knower, a thing, an entity. Just sweep the gaze of our inner looking all around to find the knower. That person, that separate me. I just look, I'm just willing to find. Don't have an agenda. We're just discovering the sense of a person. Now we go look for it. So again, if you are consistent in your practice and want nothing other than to fully awaken and dissolve your egoic sense of self, you will soon begin to notice that the sense of knowing seems to have no source. And we look for the knower. We cannot find it. It is not locatable. Somewhere as a thing. Soon it will become very obvious that there is knowing, but no entity that knows. The source of this knowing cannot be found. If you look for it somewhere, you will not find it. Instead, it will be seen that you are this knowing, not a person that knows. Again, we just turn that attention right around. We just look. Kind of like we have some inner flashlight, where we're just shining it in all the corners and the cobwebs up high and low, deep, far, and see if we can find a person, the knower, the entity. In the end, it will be seen that this knowingness, this knowing is what you are. And all that you know is arising out of this knowingness. There never was any separate person that knows. It just appeared that way for a while. So we notice there's that kind of two-step process. The first thing we do is recognize that before you even think about something, you must know that you exist to be able to have any thoughts. And so we let that separate sense of self sit right there. We meet it. We slowly separate out first the objects that are moving, that are coming and going. The feelings, the perceptions, and we continually establish that there's a knower that knows them. So it's always so interesting the (laughs) the way you contemplate or meditate on non-duality is to first get very clear about the duality (laughs) that there's a knower to which objects occur. Thoughts, feelings, perceptions, the world, people. In fact, the name of this chapter is Recognizing the Knower. You know, we look at the thoughts and the emotions, the sensory experiences, and we see that this knowing has been there the whole time. You know, and that just allows that, all that to rest. Allows everything to just kind of be seen for what it is. Just come into this total acceptance. However life is presenting itself, arranging itself. And once that has settled, once there's a clear seeing that we are the knower, not the things that come and go, then we can kind of do a W-turn, go even deeper, look right at that sense of a separate person. as Helen writes, if you are consistent in your practice and want nothing other than to fully awaken and to dissolve your egoic sense of self, you will soon begin to notice that the sense of knowing seems to have no source. That when we look for the knower, we cannot find it. It is not locatable somewhere as a thing soon it becomes very obvious that there is knowing, but no entity that knows. The source of this knowing cannot be found. If you look for it somewhere, you will not find it. And instead it will be seen that you are this knowing, not a person that knows. so we check in again, 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 to see if that kind of sense of a separate self has reconstituted itself as a you that doesn't get it, or a you that finally gets it, or a you that's doing it right, or a you that's not really doing it so great, or a you that were earlier, or a you that were late, or it doesn't matter what the story is, is that egoic energy swirling around, kind of reformulating the story of, wait for it, ta-da, you. (laughs) Can we just turn attention around knowing something knows all of this? Something's here in all of it, tracking it all, registering everything. Can we look inside, use that inner looking like a big searchlight look for the separate me. We have a sense of a separate self. But let's go find that entity. Let's go find the knower. Indeed, we find this, this kind of this knowingness, this knowing, but we don't find a source. As Helen writes, in the end, it will be seen that the knowingness is what you are. And all that you know is arising out of this knowingness. There no, never was any separate person that knows. It just appeared that way for a while. So then she writes into this section, resistance to the practice. This practice is extremely direct. And as such, it may invoke resistance from your mind. The mind will not want to keep attention in one place. Only as it is used to jumping from subject to subject again and again. Kind of this inner feed me, see more. As you begin the practice, you may notice some level of resistance, excuses, reasons why it will not work, and all other kinds of thoughts coming up to distract you. This should show you that you are on to something good. So maybe we just take a moment. And just really, the prayer is, you know, more seeing, right? More clarity, that awareness land on all of it. So we just welcome up those resistance thoughts so that we can see them clearly. Is there a thought rolling around? This won't work. This isn't it. We're not getting involved with it. We are not mud wrestling with thoughts that just gets us muddy. We are noticing them. There's some sense that a different chapter was better or a different day, it was clearer. Is there a sense that I don't get this, or I do get this? Maybe some sense of, I get it, why, why can't I hang on to it? Wait, 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 where'd it go? Where'd it go? And we just notice that as those egoic energies swirling about in that patterning of the psyche. It has all kinds of very deep grooves in the brain. It can just get recognized as a thought stream that wants to assume itself into existence, the separate me. And again, take attention and we turn inward Sweep around with that inner spotlight, looking for the person, the knower, the independent entity. We do not accept the sense of it as the thing, we investigate. as we do that, is existing still being known? Is knowing still there? Yes. Just can't find a knower. Can't find a source. We can notice that it allows something to just relax. Imagine how much energy gets sucked into that semi conscious process. You now accumulating, building this false sense of solidity and then trying to maintain it, defend it. What if there's just knowing What if we are actually much less of a noun and much more of a verb? Helen writes, the amount of resistance to doing this is directly proportional to the effectiveness of the practice. Of course, your ego will not want you to do this practice, as it knows it is on a timer or countdown to disappearing. You must be strong and have a firm conviction that you will not be dissuaded. That's the, just show up one more day voice. (laughs) Just, Just one more day, and then we can talk about it. Nothing is stronger than the absolute conviction to wake up fully in this lifetime. For it invites a whole plethora of unseen help from divinity. And you will be greatly assisted. As Paul Hederman has said, it's his assessment that faith is the strongest force in the universe. So we look right at those resistance thoughts. We let them be there. And we ask, how do we know those thoughts are present? What knows them? We see there's this knowing just here We don't actually know how, we just know that there's knowing. Turn, look for the source of that knowing. The sense of a me and a person, a knower, we check out whether that's actually so. Whether we can confirm that in our direct experience we really have as the living of our strength and our firm conviction that we won't be dissuaded. Part of that is allowing these thoughts from the subconscious to bubble up. Is there this lurking thought this will never happen for me and this is just going to make me a little happier but, but i'm never going to really be free and we just look right at the doubt right, out that, right at that naysaying energy Just breathe right into it. and we keep just a little bit more attention on the knowing of those thoughts than on the thoughts themselves. Ellen Hamilton was saying in her satsang earlier this morning. A desire is not really the suffering. It's desire when coupled with the belief that we cannot have it. She was sharing that she used to believe she couldn't have it so she would try to suppress the beliefs I shouldn't be having beliefs. Pure consciousness has no desires. I shouldn't have desires. And so she would push the desire down and then she would push the belief down. And Finally, she realized you could just look right at the belief that she can't have it. Feel into whether that's the suffering. Just let that be. And it's just yet another belief bubbling up on its way to freedom. That belief apparently no longer Needs to be locked inside the cycling of our own psyche. Just look at it and let it float away. The amount of resistance to doing this is directly proportional to the effectiveness of the practice. Of course, your ego will not want you to do this practice. As it knows, it is on a timer or a countdown to disappearing. You must be strong and have a firm conviction that you will not be dissuaded Nothing is stronger than the absolute conviction to wake up fully in this lifetime, for it invites a whole plethora of unseen help from divinity. And you will be greatly assisted. You can kind of feel into there's both an urgency and a patience. And the knowing knows them both, holds them both, and is utterly unaffected by either. The knowing just is. As Helen wrote, it knows, but it does not comment on anything. It knows and silently registers everything. That's what we are. So Helen writes, when the knower turns attention upon itself, it will come to know itself as the infinite knowingness, awareness, presence that always is and always will be. There is no separate me that knows. All we can find is that knowingness is occurring seemingly with no locatable source in time and space. When the knower turns attention upon itself, it will come to know itself as the infinite knowingness, awareness, presence that always is and always will be. There is no separate me that knows. All we can find is that knowingness is occurring, seemingly with no locatable source in time and space. Maybe we take one more opportunity to just confirm that for ourselves by sweeping that inward looking Find this me, find this source, find this thing that we can locate in time and space.